Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of the Ripple Hyacinth podcast on The Story Tinker. And today we have Fire Dancer and Emma. Hello. Hi. The episode is called Bloodbath, and in case you, you know, were expecting Purple Hyacinth to be all rainbows and butterflies, this is definitely not the episode for you, so be warned. Um, we actually started off the episode with an unrelated, what Sophie likes to call, I think she calls it fan art, right, when she does like fan art of her own card characters, and it's basically this beautiful image of Will and Kim, you know, kind of falling down, and um, it's just a nice image. So now the chapter starts and we are still at, or we're at the end of Harvey's funeral and Lauren is going off. She's like, I'm sorry, I can't, I have something important to do. And we know from last episode that what she did was fill out a form so she could see Anslo um, the next day because she wanted to grill him, to ask him about the picture. It's fine. And then she walks off. I'll see you guys later. Will's looking after her and Lucas tells him, <laughs> yeah, he looks... <laughs> He looks weird without that thundercloud over his face. It's hard to I know. Recognize. I know. I'm just like, oh. He has eyes. Looks, yeah, I'm just like, oh. You were like, normal. This is one of the I few mean, times we've seen him without the thundercloud over his face, honestly. Yeah. It's just like, you look cute. It's, it's yes. nice to see. He doesn't look so, like, angry here. <laughs> he looks normal. Damn. It only took a funeral for him to not look <laughs> gruesome angry. Yeah. <laughs> well Lucas we hope we can see this face again but in, under better circumstances <laughs> and he tells Will people are leaving for the reception at Harvey's house are you coming and Will says yes I'm coming takes off his hat and now we have the purple high logo and we have it looks like the gates of the cemetery we have uh, a bunch of police officers people are walking it's snowing the scene is you know very white somber and now we have Will and Kim walking next to each other. Will's hair looks amazing. Just saying. <laughs> Very cute. I, just, I, love. I love the height difference between the two of them. Mm. It's such You can see it other times when they're like right next to each other, but their height difference is adorable. It is. Yeah, I just, ah. I swear, Kim half the time just reminds me of like an energetic bunny. It's, it's adorable. <laughs> it's cute. So my husband's six foot four and I'm five six and I always feel very tall and I don't even notice but when I see pictures of us together I like reach his shoulder and I don't feel that way when when like I'm standing next to him but like suddenly I'm like wow you're like you're really tall <laughs> ever since then like every single man is like short for me I'm like <laughs> I can't go back I'm sorry yeah, I really can't they're small they're short and they're small because he's also big and broad mm -hmm. so it's just I can only marry Dutch people from now on basically which hopefully oh. I don't want to marry anyone else but God forbid I'm always very fatalistic and worried about people dying but mm -hmm. anyway that is another story um, <laughs> um so Kim is looking very somber 
and Will notices that. And I, the, the way that the focus shifts between the two panels is just beautifully done. The first one, you know, Kim is in focus and Will is blurred. And then when Will notices her, she's blurred and he's in focus. It's just really, really nicely done. And he or she, I think it's him, is thinking back to what happened when they discovered Harvey's body, where she crashed back into him, threw herself, you know, on his chest. And when she was talking about um, their clock stopped sometimes, just like everyone else, right out afterwards when she was looking at the music box. So Will is aware that this is something that is difficult for her to process. And he looks away first because I think he's uncomfortable and he doesn't know how to open up a conversation because I don't think Will is too good about talking about feelings. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's got a lot of just with himself pent up feelings, but probably has not had many options to talk about his feelings or other people's feelings. Yeah, I, he's definitely been, like, as we've seen throughout the comic, he has a lot of walls up, so it's kind of, I feel like emotions are not the most comfortable thing for, he's out of his territory. Yeah. There's more information later that, but it didn't happen yet in episode 40, but yeah, there's definitely Will's not encouraged to uh, talk about his feelings. Mm-hmm. But credit to him because he does have emotional intuition, even if it hasn't been like encouraged in his life, because he looks back at her and then he kind of sets his mouth grimly, like when he made a decision and then he taps um, Kim, reaches his hand out and taps her and she jumps because it seems she was deep in the thought and she was also not expecting anything from Will. Like, I don't, you know, Will is just the guy who yells at her, right? He's not... The supportive friend generally yeah. and and then she he says sorry are you okay so credit to will for seeing that kim was disturbed and being brave enough to reach out to her because it's not easy for you know anyone necessarily and especially not for someone like will but his inherent kindness and sensitivity helps him along and overrides his discomfort indeed we just love Will. We love Will here. He's a good boy. <laughs> he is. Like, man, I don't appreciate, we all don't appreciate Will enough. No one that does. Will always there. Mm-hmm. He's there for, he's, I feel like he's more often in the background, but like, he deserves a lot more credit than he gets. He does. Like, I, I will say, even if he's not like, more of an emotionally, he's more of an emotionally closed off person and like, not the most emotional person it's just kind of he's a good lieutenant because he notices when kind of like the people he's in charge of are kind of like the morale is low and kind of he he can kind of read a room he can read the room and see what they need and what he can do about it such a cutie we should ask (laughs) we should ask i don't know if now we're at the end of this episode (laughs) who would you rather be with like kieran or will because Kieran has a very charming personality. He's very loud. He's dramatic. He's funny. But he's also a little crazy, right? And obviously he has a lot of trauma. And Will is like like the quiet guy. Maybe you could think he's a little boring. Um, He's, but he's dependable and he's kind and sensitive. So hmm, who would you rather be with? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, like personally, I, like my personality, like meshes better with like, Kieran types but at the same time I kind of want to go with stability because Kieran is not the most stable person 
Like in reality, I'm pretty sure we would all rather date Will than Kieran. Honestly, I think that Kieran, before getting in a relationship with anyone, including Lauren, needs to figure stuff out for himself first. Yeah. Like, I don't think if he's in the right spot to have a relationship with anyone. Oh, yeah, no. I, no, he definitely needs to um, figure himself out before he can do anything with anyone. Then, assuming he goes to a lot of therapy and heals from, like, the horrible trauma he went through, who would you rather be with? <laughs> That's a hard choice. Mm, I mean, like... going off of favorite favorites, I'd probably say Will, but yeah, I, mm, I, <laughs> I, this is hard. I. <laughs> I don't it's know. hard to choose who you're gonna marry I admit it would be yes I honestly I feel like Will would be a more I wouldn't say caring but a more stable husband so I I would go with Will yeah so I'm definitely going with Kieran and uh yes I've noticed that you know <laughs> the kind of people who I like and you know as friends also you know they're always people with a little bit of trauma in their backgrounds. They're always very loud, crazy personalities. Um, yeah, and my husband's like that too. He is he's traumatized background, check. Super loud, check. Super smart, check. You know, dramatic, over the top, check. So yes, that is the type I like. <laughs> no, I, I feel that because like, I am very drawn to Kieran type of characters and like people in real life. So I'm just kind of like, honestly, it's 50-50. I, it just depends on my mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well well you know fire dancer hopefully we keep in touch long enough to see what kind of guy you you do end up with <laughs> or person you end up with <laughs> okay so um kim kim you know just um covers up for her her you know shock and it's like yeah yeah you just surprised me that that's all and then they look away and they both look sad like they're not willing to you know, Kim's not willing to open up. He's not willing to push at this moment. So they both like look away for a moment. And but then Will, to his credit again, does open the topic. And he says, I've been thinking about what you said a few days ago when, you know, because it's hard for him to even say it about heroes dying. What did you mean then? And, you know, Kim has this serious look on her face and then she kind of looks sad, but she does a smile and like kind of brushes it off and it's like oh it was nothing don't worry about it I was just shaken it's so irritating when people deny like obvious things like no I was I ride out of the room crying but I'm totally fine I I get where Kim is coming from because anyway I'm, I'm like I'm very much like her in this sense where it's just like like you could have a complete breakdown and then like a while later you're just like nothing happened everything is fine yeah, everything is fine uh, I I understand where she's coming from where she's like you don't want to talk about the moment you had because it's frankly it's too much no yeah I'm not like that I've never I think I had it once in my life you know you know how there's things where like you read how other people experience things and because it's not you you're like you just don't understand and then one time like one time I had something where I didn't want to talk about it 
And I was like, oh, that's what they mean when they say I didn't want to talk about it. Because my approach was always like, I'm going to talk excessively about it again and again and again and again until I processed it, until I thought about it, until it's like done. And um, yeah, I was, I had the opposite approach, but I finally understood, you know, it was like one time where I was like, oh, there's no point to talking about it. It's just not, you know, and then I was like, oh, that's what people feel. <laughs> but then she does actually, despite denying her feelings, she actually does proceed to talk about it. And she says, how could this happen at a police station? And none of the guards saw or heard anything. I don't know if any killer is that stealthy. Do you think one of the watchmen could have let them in? Which that is super scary because a lot of them think, you know, people know for sure that there are spies in the police and like, it must feel terrifying that they probably don't feel safe anymore. No, definitely not. And I'm going to be honest. I think that it's not that hard to sneak in based on something that happens in a future episode. I don't want to spoil, but I don't think that it's that hard to sneak in. Yeah, honestly. I mean, they're not really doing extra care to, like, watch the windows or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, if you're an expert roof climber, like many assassins we have seen, <laughs> uh, honestly, it'd probably be really easy to s- sneak in if you knew how to just, like, swing into windows. Like, honestly, their security is lacking. It is severely lacking. Me and my brothers and my friends, when we were like kids, we um, definitely snuck into buildings all the time when we were in my neighborhood. And it was so easy. Like we would climb roofs, we would go through windows, we would, doors were unlocked. It was like so easy to get into buildings. So I completely concur. Uh, people do not take care of their stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, Will says, they checked everyone's alibis. I don't think the assassin needed anyone's help to get in that night. So yeah, she's basically saying what you said. It's easy to get in. Are we really so helpless in the face of it? It's ridiculous. So she's definitely feeling unprotected. Mm. And then he says, they have more spies in our ranks than we do in theirs, Kim. And our spies usually end up dead faster. I mean, that's that's sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of, I don't know the word to describe it. It's kind of, just sad to think about like in your ranks there's 100% spies and you don't know who you can trust they're literally coming from the funeral of one of them yeah (laughs) they don't even know yeah like uh that is is so depressing just just you feel you can't trust anyone at this point even the people you're closest with because like in this environment like your coworkers, they're kind of like a second home to you. So it's like you can't even trust anyone in your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kim looks extremely somber at that. Will looks at her and says, "So, huh? I didn't know you were close to Harvey." And Kim turns around fast and she then looks away and says, "I wasn't necessarily close to him, but he was so innocent. He didn't deserve that." And Will says, "Good thing that at least they don't suspect anyone from the office." The fact that the three of us were there early that morning wasn't really playing in our favor. It's a relief our depositions were enough and our alibis checked out. Kim is like, if you mentioned I hugged you in your deposition, I'm going to have to tell everyone you screamed like a chicken. He's like, huh? But I didn't. She's like, exactly. Chuckle. Oh, that Kim. But at least she's willing to like admit to him that she hugged him. Not just that she like crashed into him, but that she hugged him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a fair response to 
uh, trauma, just hug, hug the, near, the nearest person next to you. It's perfectly normal. Yeah. So actually one time I'm, I'm like, usually a very like not scared person ever. Like I've never, I'm barely scared. And, um, I was in, I was doing, my family was doing an escape room and, um, something went off, like some smoky thing went off suddenly. And I like kind of shrieked and like grabbed the shirt of whoever was near me, which happened to be my brother. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, I can't believe I did that. Like, I didn't even think I just like grabbed his shirt. And I was like, I've never done that in my life, but you know, I've never like went to someone else to support me or be like, Oh my God, help. But surprise. Like <laughs> in instinct to get closer to other people to protect yourself with yeah, more people. So yeah. This be my brother is a Marine or was a Marine. So like, he's kind of capable, but like, <laughs> I'm like his older sister. Like I have to not be going grabbing onto my younger brother. I mean, listen, like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, listen, you could just spin, spin it around a bit and just say, I was using you as a human shield. Okay. It's, <laughs> I was protecting you. I was protecting you <laughs> from this smoke. The smoke gets, it gets, it gets in your lungs. It's not good for you. <laughs> and, um, Will is very nice. And he says, I didn't think it was necessary to tell him exactly how shocked you were. Oh, what a sweetheart. He's protecting Kim and her feelings. Such a cutie pie. And then he smiles. So don't worry. <laughs> no one knows you fell into my arms. Oh, I'm, I'm glad he's milking it. Oh, <laughs> for Kim. And Kim's like, instead of laughing, she just has this horrible memory of Harvey. Looking this look at her eyes, that like really dull color. Yeah. We've seen before when characters either just remember stuff or are in a really bad moment. Like I think in episode 23, we saw Lauren's eyes like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Cause we've seen Lauren like that. We've seen Kieran like that. And then we've also seen Kim like that, I believe in 32 when, when she was kind of like, she ran out of the precinct, I think. Yeah. Sadly, the joke only reminded her of like what she saw. And, you know, it's like you see the, the face and her falling backwards onto him, but then she shakes her head because she doesn't want to remember that. And Will looks up and says, but seriously, I've never seen you like that. Are you sure you don't want to talk about it? You seemed really, I love Will. Will is so nice. Honestly. And, like, he seems like a very... Like he'll, he seems like the friend who he'll never talk about his feelings, but he'll let other people talk, talk to him about theirs. Cause he's just, he's the support friend. But Kim is not ready and she pushes him away. Like I'm fine. Really? <laughs> oh, but I, like again. I have a feeling that the way that Kim acts like this, I feel like this is her way of trying to like throw people off and kind of this is the front that she puts on and I feel like in a way all four of the main characters do this in their own ways yeah no definitely I I think I agree with you to say all four all four of the main they they do the same thing I feel like Kim's approach to it is like She'll do it, but then she'll mask it with humor. So everyone thinks, she, no, it's fine. She's cracking jokes. But then it's just 
her deflecting because she doesn't want to talk about it. Yep. And Will does, you know, offer some helpful advice and he says, you know, horrible things do happen in our line of work. And the, sorry, I lost my place. Um, and the office, sorry, the department offers counseling, but well, Kim is already zoned out. She's like, no, 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 this like, yeah, I know you're like, like HR stuff. Like, I don't want to hear about it. She's like, oh, William, are you deaf? She like scratches up her face. I said, I'm fine. <laughs> Very cute. It's like, look, I'm not trying to force you. I just want you to know that it's possible. Yes, okay. I think therapy is exactly what I need right now. Okay, she doesn't want to. And she just like turns and looks at him. He looks back at her and she's like, to help me cope with you. <laughs> I just love their relationship so much. Honestly, they're dynamic. It's just so great. Like even from the beginning, it's just like they both especially Kim kind of just makes fun of the other person but also you know they're friends and it doesn't really mean much yeah yeah I think uh I love their dynamic as well because it's very back and forth and they bicker all the time and it's and I feel like with their relationship like they I think at times they banter and like bicker so much that at times that one won't realize they actually hurt the other person's feelings and they'll just think this is normal but then they won't actually say and then it's just kind of they'll lead into awkward silence because it's just kind of like I don't know what I did and I don't we're just gonna sit here I don't know I feel like them two their relationship is based mostly off like their their quote-unquote fights even though they're still friends but like they don't really lean on each other for support like say Kim and Lauren they're kind of more on like a I wouldn't say surface level but it's different he was like offended he's like I was just trying to help because I was worried and Kim's like I don't need your help well you know what let's just forget this ever happened okay and like let's pretend I fell on the ground you know she's not interested in talking about it but then she <laughs> looks up at the sky and she's like, yes, the ground. I think I would have preferred the ground. It was just very insulting because she's just telling him, you know, that comfort that you provided to me, that was meaningless. And I, I wish I hadn't had that, which is probably hurtful for him to hear. And, yeah. and then awesome, wonderful, perfect. <laughs> mad at each other at this point. So uh, I don't think that conversation ended well, but okay. It is what it is. Greatest. Not the greatest. <laughs> more of a lighthearted argument based on the way yeah. the faces are drawn I think yeah. that if it was a, if it was like I think that it's even though it's still an argument they're probably mad at each other I don't think mm. it's it's not really a serious one based on yeah. how yeah how the faces are drawn and if it was a more serious one I'm sure the faces would have a lot more not exactly detail but like sort of emotion to them mm. right and just, this is like the cutesy yeah. faces yeah yeah, it's definitely, yeah exactly. it's definitely more of like a surface level fight instead of actually trying to go for the throat all right well sorry answer take it away <laughs> oh goodness i just want to quickly mention the music in this episode is top notch like the track they used for the uh 
the Kim and Will section, gorgeous. That is one of my favorite ones. Yeah. And then this carrot track for sure. Oh yeah. And then the one it transitions into, it's I also love that one. I love it so much. And just ah, music top notch. I just wanted to shout that out. Nice. All right. And then we transition, and you can we see we're back at the prison. And then you see uh, Harry Onslow. He's kind of just sitting in the cell. And then a guard comes up to him and says, Harry Onslow, you'll have a visit tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. A police officer wishes to speak with you. <laughs> and then he just is kind of unresponsive. He's just like, yeah, whatever. And then... And then you can see the guard walking away. And then he steps in something. He looks down and realizes, oh, it's a puddle of blood next to a corpse. But the corpse is probably a patron, by the way. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just said, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> And then, horrified, he screams and then tries to make a dash for the alarm. And then he almost reaches it and just as he's about to pull it, slice. And then... The way that soap draws blood is just... It looks, like, really pleasing against, like, the dark backgrounds. Mm -hmm. No, 100%. It's... I don't want to use this word because it sounds weird, but like <laughs> it's very, I'll use a different, it's satisfying to see like the splash of red against the dark. Okay, it's, it's very nice. Got it. <laughs> Aesthetically satisfying. Indeed. And then. Yeah, the whole setting, the whole, you know, this whole scene is drawn, like everything is dark. It's hard to see. There's not a lot of light, which again, first of all, shows us how like kind of depressing the prison is but also just sets the somber tone for the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you then see a pair of boots and a sword, which by this point, you can guess who it is. Who carries a long-ass sword? Mm, who knows? He's an excellent murderer. <laughs> Who's good at sneak skills? Oh, and then see a hand, he takes the keys from the guard and then proceeds to walk all over and around so many corpses. <laughs> so many. Oh, God. Can we count? Oh, God. <laughs> this, there was the one at the beginning. Uh, two, the one he just killed. Three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. I think that's 13. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. And that was only on this floor. I think there's like 15 floors to the tower or something, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, goodness. The corpses just keep piling up. And then you see... McTrevor, he's dead in his cell. Lexley, Blakesley, she's dead in her cell. Wait, did I miss that? 
Okay, maybe I'm not there yet. What? Okay, I totally missed that. Is the where are they? Oh, Blakesley is the blonde lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I did not realize that was Blakesley till now. Oh, now it's the that is McTrevor. Totally didn't get it. I did not realize it till now. Thank you. Yeah. Wait, and then the third one is Colden. Colden, yeah, Colden. Colden, he dead in his cell. And then you see this shot, which I love. It is just this is one of my favorite. This is like possibly one of my favorite panels of the whole series so far. I agree. I agree. It is it's all the red, and then everything else is outlined in black. It's oh, and then just the perspective on the corpses, just kind of looking up at him walking away. I I love it. I love it so much. And then you see him walking over to the cell. And then you see Onslow with a cocky smirk on his face saying, you're the, well, you're Because mm-hmm. he's also nervous at the same time. <laughs> Indeed. He's just kind of like, you're with the Phantom Scythe. Did you, did the leader send you to free me? Like, oh, you think you're that important, honey. <laughs> That's adorable. And then you see the lovely face of our murderer. Oh. Oh. This yeah. panel is such a gorgeous panel mm-hmm. just because of all the dark colors and then just the bright blue. Yeah. The one singular eye is just, yes. Doesn't look, I will say, like, he doesn't look happy. I don't <laughs> think this is his preferred activity. No. He looks somber. He looks like determined. This is what I have to do, but he doesn't look thrilled about it. He's not like Belladonna. Yeah. No, definitely. And then to that question, he just responds with one word: no. And then slice. And then also this panel, I love because it kind of like his coat. The way it's done, it kind of looks like. This one part kind of looks like a scythe. Very nice. It's an art style too. It's um, I don't know what it is, but it's like the scientist, like you know that little kid scientist, Derek. Derek. Anyway, this is a cartoon yeah, when I was a kid, but it's um, it's a different style. It's like mm-hmm. more like you know blocks and that line. It's more simple, and but it's very well done. You know, it's like for emphasis. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And next you see a blurred image of the prison cell window and a hand with the hyacinth. And you see the hyacinth. You can see it falling and then it falls in a puddle of blood. This panel is another one that's just really pretty and I feel like this panel just kind of like captures all of Purple Hyacinth just with the blood and the flower and it's just a gorgeous panel. Yeah, it is beautiful. I mean, gore and, and violence is hard, but like they make it beautiful. They really do. It's very yeah, sad. They do. And then yeah. that and then that is where we are left off with the author's note saying 
you know how normal creators have Patreon tiers that allow fans to appear as a cameo in an episode? I made a tier where you can get where you can become a corpse. So many people, so many people actually paid to see themselves dead. I'll mark that as a success in life, I guess. Yep. Indeed. Well, that was crazy. We see a couple things. We see that Kieran is like super skilled and he'll do what he has to do for like his mission to keep his job as like an assassin. And there's going to be not such a great stuff in the future. Even if we didn't know what happens, we'd be like, oh my, that is going to be bad for the relationship with Laura. Indeed. And we we just know that like Lauren just went to like see Anzalo and like she is obsessed and she like obviously like almost got them both arrested because of her obsession and like whoops he's not there anymore R.I.P. like I I just like looking back on 39 because like like when, when 39 hit I remember just thinking something's gonna go wrong I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop this was the other shoe and it was a clog (laughs) that is very good in terms of pacing right we just had like beautiful episodes like 37 and 38 right or like so nice so wonderful emotional (laughs) like they're connecting and yeah and then we go to the opposite of that which is perfect and showing you that like when you make a deal with the devil, this is what happens. And like, don't expect unicorns and butterflies. Indeed. I I tend to think this episode is also like a reminder for the readers where it's just like, it's like, yeah, remember, he's still a murderer. I tend to forget that, honestly, based on how he behaves in other times. And episodes like this is kind of like a harsh reminder of what he does. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's basically a slap in the face to everyone where it's just like, oh yeah, that's right. This is not gonna end happily. Oh yay. Oh, I because I remember when I first read this episode, like you see the title, it's you're already concerned and then you you're set up with Kim and Will and it's just kind of okay this isn't so bad this is fine everything's fine and then this I just oh I remember seeing this for the first time I saw like I saw the sword I screamed I screamed I remember this vividly the title lived up to expectations (laughs) indeed so what are your final thoughts on this episode? I think we we just did some discuss some, but if there's anything else. I do think that for how violent and gory this episode was, it's a very important episode. And when you read more, you'll figure out why. But like, I think that this really gets stuff started and just kind of like jump starts everything. Definitely. I like my thoughts during this I just definitely a very vivid reminder of what we signed up for so 
yeah. wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the drama. A good story has to have drama. True. And here we are. True. Well, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. And we'll see what drama comes next. We know what drama comes next, but, but in the audience, I guess. Thank you. <clears throat> thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank thanks you. for having us, as always. Thanks for us. Thanks. Bye. Good night. Bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie Lady Libris, Lily Jenny Haley, Maria Molly Veronica, Emily Emily Joe Rochelle, Saucy Tacos Meg and Rose, Priya Alexa Misty, Laura Joanne Patty, Jen and Milda Esther, I'm watching a tourist poppy seed Marie, Jen Emily Jean, Jen and Erin. Your support is truly appreciated.